Podcast. You just don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're recording. So you guys want to? Right. Your, uh, that was that was some uh, knowledge right there. You guys can. This guy's got a great podcast coming, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's go. I mean, you know, <laughs> bring me back, Joe. Let's go. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Hell yeah. My first episode was with Joe actually, and that one has. I mean, so one of my buddies, he has a podcast. He he he, he sold off a successful business a long time ago, right? And he's a he's an MMA judge. He's judge UFC fights. He goes, Andre, stop looking at the numbers. Just just put out your message, right? But I still look at the numbers, all right. And so, <laughs> in all honesty, Joe's the first episode I did was with Joe, and it was my most successful one. All right, yeah, my hey, first episode. He's got charisma. Like he carries himself well. Both he, you guys got charisma. Oh yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, and, and I can even say this on air. Like that first, that was the first time I ever recorded. Like fucking anything and so i was like and i also had like all my considerations like all right like i want to make sure like this is dre's first podcast like i want to let him like i want to have him guide me you know what i mean and i you know along with that and then along with it being like my first recording ever i was like a little nervous yeah and a lot of the questions that he was asking me i was like having like a little bit of trouble like really digging in to like actually look to see like what was there like what like lessons I had learned along the way, things like that. Um, you know, I that know, was I definitely know, great experience. You know, that, I noticed. Was, I noticed that you yeah. had. A, I, I remember. I don't know if it was my girlfriend. I don't know who was. I, who it was? I told, but I was like, you know, I feel like not that you held back, but that you had more. Mm. And I was like, I could see he had more, but for some reason, like it just it wasn't getting there yet. You know. Yeah. And so I I, I saw that from you know. Cause, I mean you know I mean I you know. We've been around I, each other a long time. I, I've stated this this guy's house before, you know. So right. I know he's got a story. I know, you know, I know he's been through, you know, the the mud, you know, and uh, maybe not like you know, it's just a different. He has a different story, but I know this guy's been through it, you know. Yep. We and all so, got mud. Yeah, in we, all, we, we all we all got, got mud in our. Uh, we all, we yeah. all like been my mud we all might been not be like yeah. your mud, but it's, it's, it's mud. mud to me. It's mud. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, man. And and I think that's the best thing about it is being able to to spill your mud to somebody and everybody having you know to chime in on it. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean. One of the things that I've that I've really discovered a lot lately is everything happens in conversation. Even if you're not the one in the conversation, but listening to people have a conversation creates the possibility for people to then gain value. Oh yeah. You, if they if they hear something that resonates with them, it could trigger something they'd never thought of before, something that was like in a blind spot they couldn't see but was always there. And it wasn't until that thing was said that they're like, "Oh shit." Yeah. Ah. I have a client. It's funny you say that because we were talking during Christmas. He was in Iraq, you know, lost a buddy, and they were trying to find a PlayStation 5, I believe, for one of his brothers they lost son. And so I said, hey, man, why you didn't ask me? I'm a barber. I can get you anything. So he laughs. He ends up getting the the PlayStation in time, mails it off and everything. And so I told him the next time I seen him, he kind of seemed off. And I said, hey, man, what's wrong with you? And he's like, no, nothing. Why? And I said, bullshit. I'm a barber. I know everything. <laughs> he's like, what do you mean? You know, I said, we know the most about useless knowledge. Ah. And so, you know, we start laughing. And, and he said, uh, well, it was bothering him what was going on. And I said, look, man, I'm just like you. Every time, you know, months in, I get, I get tired of the everyday get up, dress up, go to work, come home, take care of the kids. I said, so you need a shake up. And I told him, 
maybe you should uh, start a nonprofit with your brothers and start raising money to be able to make sure these kids get Christmas gifts even mm. after you're gone. Wow. And he was like, whoa, I've never even thought about that. And I said, see, man, this conversation wasn't by chance because I didn't think about this this morning when I got it. But me just reading your energy, I felt like I had to just give you a nugget. Yeah. And, and let's see what yeah. you do with it. Yeah. And, and that what you said right there was perfect, like at, right at the end. And you see what you do with it. Like, it's like you in, you gave him an invitation. You didn't say like, hey, like this is what you have to do. It's just like, hey, check this out. If the dress fits. Like wear it, you know yeah. what I mean? Like or the shoe fits. Or <laughs> hey, I don't know. Hey, nowadays, <laughs> nowadays, I don't know, man. If it fits, uh, wear it. But if it fits, you know, wear it. You know? But dude, that's dope because you. What I really get from that is you really created a whole world for this dude with just 10, 15 minutes of conversation. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like there was a whole whether he does something with it or not. There was a world created for him that wasn't there before mm-hmm. that he now sees himself being able to actually be a contribution rather than just standing on the sidelines watching these kids not get what he believes they should get. I'm still going to ask him again, though, because I, I would joke with people and tell people in barbershops, I think every barber should have a goal board. Mm. And so when you ask your clients like, hey, Joe, what do you, what do you want to do in the next six months? I want to do this podcast. Gilbert's going to be pretty kick ass. I'm going to talk about yada, yada, yada. Three months later, I could be like, Joe, my man right here, what have you done in the last three months about this podcast? <laughs> it's all accountability. You know what I'm saying? We all we all kind of need it. And, Pull up a little closer to it. All right. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> and, um, and this is, I, I do like some, like, um, I get like uh, personal development courses and stuff like that. And like what you said, man, that's gold. That's really gold. Because one of the things that, that we, I, we, we, huh? we. We're French now. No, we. Uh, we, we. We. Yeah. Oh, we. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, man, he, does, he does the courses with me, too. And, okay. dude, it's it's awesome. Like, one of the things that, that um, I really got, and I've actually got, my wife doesn't, too. Like, I actually got this really from my wife. Like, my wife was the one that, that really had me, like, I would hear it in the courses, but it didn't land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't, it didn't land for me. And then my wife, one day, we were having a conversation, and one thing I really got that she said was that, you don't want to manage people. What you want to do is manage promises. If there's no promise to manage, then all you're doing is managing the person. But if the person gives you a promise and you agree to manage it for them, like you, hey, I'm going to write your goal up on this board yep. and in three months, I'm going to ask you. And he's going to say, all right, Gilbert, cool. Like, let's do it. See, right there, you just had an agreement to manage his promise. And so that, and that's what you just, you manage <laughs> promises, not people. And when you're saying like, Hey, you know, did you, did you do this, this, this podcast? You know what I mean? You're not, you're not saying anything about him. You're just saying something about the, the promise. Podcast. It's the promise. Yeah. Yeah. You're, it's nothing personal. I'm just, you know, managing this promise of the podcast. Yeah. Accountability is big, man. There's a Huge. lot of people that walk around without it. There's a, oh. <laughs> Man, let me tell you. Let me tell you, man. Uh, man. You ask them about something and they turn into Scooby-Doo. Who, me? <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I said, hey, you said this, what's up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd be rich. Yeah. Dude, he, rich. Dre's probably one of the people that in my life I know like holds you accountable. Like if you tell him like, hey, like call me by this time or like, hey, can you get this? Like it, he's like on it, on it. That's and he, he, he manages your promise as well. <laughs> because people do it, you know, it, you know, you know how that happened. Growing up, I came across a lot of like people 
making promises and holding me to my promises, but not following through on their promises. Do as I say, not so, as I yeah, do. Yeah, so now I'm like, bro, like, you know, whether it's in my relationship or, you know, I'm like, hey, Joe, you said, you know, mm-hmm. so what's up? Yep. You know? Sometimes so, I fall short, though. I won't lie, man. I'm a big, I'm a big yeah. talker. I like to motivate people, but I have a, a streak in me that's just kind of, ah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll keep it yep. real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I completely get that. I'm, I'm the same. Yeah. I'm the same way. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a lot that I see for others, but then it's like when it comes down to me, there's like certain things that I catch within myself that are like, mm, like, I could definitely use my own golden nuggets right yeah. there. And yeah. I, but I know with myself is uh, if I'm if I'm focused or something and I'm dedicated to it, like it's gonna get done. Oh yeah, it's gonna yeah. definitely get done. I just read a book not too long ago called The One Thing. The One Thing, okay. And it blew my mind because it, it in the simplicity it came down to this. It said you can make a list of things, and you can say I'm gonna I'm gonna knock all these things off, but unless you focus on one thing only you're not going to get all of them done. Mm. So why not be like a computer screen? You can have a bunch of tabs open, but how many can you work on? Mm. Just one. Just one. Just one. So if you work on the one thing, and remember we were talking about this, about charging more for the haircuts is, hey man, I don't do black mask. I don't do no nada. I don't sell gel. I don't sell nothing. You know what I do? I cut hair. And if I just get real good at cutting hair, that's the 80-20 effect. The 20% of my job that creates 80% of my income, I just need to get good at that. Mm. Okay. You know, I was teaching a barber class, and these guys were all worried about, uh, what do you charge for enhancements? I said, let's role play. And they were like, all right. Hey, <laughs> hey man, uh, how much are you guys doing beards for? And they were like, what? I said, yeah, but most people walk into barbershops for what? Haircuts. Haircuts. So why get good at coloring? Why get good at other things if you can make a really good amount of money in a short time just doing what? Haircuts. Cutting hair. Yeah. Cutting hair. I don't understand why people, I mean, I get it, you know what I'm saying, because it's trendy, and that's what we do in the game is we're going to follow the trends. You know, I want to do this. I want trophies. I don't want a fucking trophy. <laughs> My mom's got plenty of trophies. You know what? They turn into fucking dust mites. Hey, I got a couple. They didn't. They didn't bring my ticket up. Right, right. So that's why I say to people this: when I've I've done one barber battle and then I laughed about it, I said, "Yo, man, until we treat barbering as a commodity mm-hmm. and not a competition, mm. we'll never see the full potential Damn. of it." Ooh. Bottom line. So as long as these people tell you, "Show up, man, and pay 150 bucks," been to one show, been to all shows, right or wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Right or wrong. And what happens is you get a lot of the young barbers who get there's such and such right there. What has he got? He's got the Babylon's two thousand vacuum sucker, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I want one of those. Yeah. You know what? And that's where that's where the people get it. So they need to start getting more people in these schools that are educating people and just telling them like, Hey man, get good at something before you start getting out there and just letting everybody expose you to everything else. Because mm. there's somebody right next to you. That's feeling the same way with the anxiety. Who doesn't have the money to go buy all this stuff? Hey, man, you don't got to do all that. Yeah, yeah. And 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 so, like I say, a lot of the times when I talk about it, people are like, "Don't listen to that guy. He's fucking crazy." I'm not crazy. I'm just being honest because I'm that same guy. That's like, ah, oh, you know what? I, I guess I could go pay eight hundred dollars for a, a Dyson blow dryer, but my little Ferrari right here, it was one forty five, and it's blowing just as good. <laughs> yep. I mean, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I went and bought a car not too long ago, and I didn't even test drive the thing. You and the guy's like, well, you want to test drive it? And I looked out the window. I said, does it float? <laughs> does it fly? 
He said, no, I said, then fuck it. It does what the other one I drove up in does. I just need a new one. And so my wife laughed. She's like, I've never been to the car dealer where somebody bought a car in 45 minutes. Wow. And I said, yeah, because what you know what you want. That's true. The yeah. price of something should wow. be the last thing you're worried about. I like that. If I want something, I'm just going to pay for it. I, I paid six bucks one time for an avocado when my wife and I went and got a burger. And I forgot to order it on the burger. And when I went back to the window, the girl was like, all right. She turned around. Beep, beep, beep. She's like, six bucks. And I was like, fuck it. I gave her the six bucks. Yeah. And I started to walk away. And then she goes, oh, man, I charged you double for this. And I said, I just assumed that you had to drive to the store. <laughs> you had to pick this shit. And you wanted six bucks for the avocado. <laughs> Who am I to tell you no? <laughs> okay. Either I want it or I don't. That's true. Dude, Yeah. What I really hear is you were you're definite like you were definite, like hey you you're definite that you want an avocado whatever is in the way of you and that avocado you you just take care of it yeah just you want hey you want gotta that? have what you want yeah that's it and people will complain and say because of this and that but I just if you want it pay for it does yeah does Andy Rivas work for you no oh he, yeah 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 dude he went to um. Salon success in West Covina. Yeah, he was I, telling uh, me the other day. I used to, I used to like Andy. What's good, buddy? <laughs> He's watching right now. Which one, does he work at the new one or the other He's one? He's at uh, Andy was came to the downtown shop with me, but he and uh, Andrew and another dude, a junior, all went up to my uptown shop. Okay, okay. And it got broken into. I was nobody in there for three weeks, but I got some solid guys now working there. I'm still hiring the best barbershop west of the Mississippi. There Let's you go. go. There you go. go. It's my slogan, man. I don't rub nobody the wrong yeah, way, but yeah. I say if I say that to you. If you see me somewhere at a barber event, you're going to be like, hey, that's that guy that said he has the best, best barber shop. shop. West, West side. side. <laughs> West, West, <laughs> yeah, I mean, damn, you know. So that's hey, There's it. always something to say, though, yeah, but at least it ain't the east side. Right, know? right. <laughs> How, man? But just, I have fun with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Andy, they're, they're good guys, man, so they yeah. know who I am, how I am working with the people. Like I said, I opened my barber shops just to create opportunities for barbers to grow. Mm. I worked in shops with people that, like we were talking about earlier, do as I say, not as I do. We take walk-ins till 6, but I'm leaving at 3, and you guys all got to stay here. And so I started rebelling. Like, hey, man, no, I'm going to do it this way. And so the way I, I did my shop now is I let the guys work their own schedule. They sell their own products. They, they're basically their own boss because I don't want to run the risk of maintaining people. And so... There's a coin side to that, too, because the guys, they're not consistently being there all day. And then the first thing they're going to do is complain about, hey, there's no walk-ins. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not here all day. How do you expect to get busy? I worked in a barbershop my first three years out of barber school. Um, maybe was doing, I was probably paying 150 a week rent and sometimes like walking away with no money. Yeah. But I was like, nah, man, you know what? Here I am 15 years later. I, I, I was really pissed off at that those three years. But I own two barbershops now. So who am I to be mad at? Because somebody instilled the work ethic of what it's going to take to be a barber instead of just letting me be like, all right, man, hey, take off. Yep. Because people call me all the time like, hey, how busy is the shop? I'm like, it's dead, bro. <laughs> They're like, what? Like, it's dead. How busy are you? Because that's the bottom line. I still walk around every day and pass out flyers. When I go to the gym every night, I put flyers on everybody's car. Damn, hey, okay. I, you have... A lot of good things to say, and I want to make sure that everybody hears it. I was the the one the the first time I was on this podcast, his voice too far like back here. 
and everybody was like, "Hey, you can't even hear." Like, All right, I'll get up closer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm doing, and I'm I'm one from experience yeah, too. Because yeah, yeah. right. what you got to say, like, I want to yeah. make sure like people hear everybody. this. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, 15 years in, and you you just finished saying you're still out there fucking passing out every flyers. day, dude. That's every day. Let me tell you guys my sales pitch, and I swear to Jesus. Let's go. My friend Fresh Mike tripped out on me one day because he said, yo, I thought you were lying. Shout out Fresh Mike if he's listening. That's cool. Um, I walk up to people and I say, hey, man, you got a nice haircut. So I could tell you have a barber. But every car comes with a spare tire. So (laughs) here's my card. If you ever can't get with your barber, call me. That's right. I'll be your spare tire. That's it. And and I got this because I used to work in Hermosa Beach in in a salon. And uh, a guy walked in one day and he sat in the chair and he looks at me. He goes, sell yourself to me. And I got offended by it. It pissed me off. I said, what do you, what the fuck you mean? Sell myself to you. He was like, oh no, man, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> so he explains to me, he said, uh, if I was an investor and I had a million dollars right now and I said to you, sell me, you like sell yourself to me, sell me your idea. Okay. Sell me what I can invest this million dollars into you. And so I said, oh, all right. And then I started talking and he said to me already, man, I'm going to tell you, just don't do it because you're going to use a lot of ums. And becauses, because you haven't thought about this. So he said to me, you need to go home and practice this shit in the mirror until you have a pitch that you know like that. And so the whole thing about, hey, man, you have a nice haircut. I can tell you have a barber. I know that. I know that. I use it every opportunity that I get because... It's going to resonate with people. How often does somebody walk up to you and go, hey, man, I'm, I'm junior. I get down. I'm right here up here at, you know, Johnny, Johnny B's Barbershop. No, nothing like that, but I'm right yeah, here at yeah, Johnny's. Yeah. And so you're like, all right, man, how many times have you heard that? Everybody says Oh, that. yeah. Everybody. You know what I'm saying? And so if you have a way to, of approaching people and just tell them, hey, man, I like your haircut. I, and a lot of the times I give it to people that have fresh haircuts. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah, I could, I could duplicate that. Yeah. There's nothing. You know what I mean? I don't try to go out too crazy, but... Once you get to a point where you're like, oh, yeah, you know, man, I got I got the confidence, you know. And like we said, it, it is another book called the, the Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Okay. One spiritual law is the law of giving okay. mm. because it, it automatically starts the, the retraction of receiving because the one thing you have to have to give somebody is what? You can have a million dollars and I'm homeless sitting on the side of the street. What do you have to have to walk up and give me that money? Will? Confidence. Confidence? Okay. You have to have confidence to give somebody something. Have you ever thought about giving somebody homeless something and getting close to them? And you're like, ah. Oh, oh got I it. Get, I get now you. Now I got okay. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, yeah. that, that, the, the process okay. starts yeah, yeah. building confidence. You cannot walk up to somebody and give them something if, you do, if you're not confident. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I try to preach to the barbers when I was saying, hey, we need to raise our prices. Oh, I don't know, man. We're in a bad area. I'm not. And, I, and me, I'm flabbergasted. I'm like, wait a minute. So you have the confidence to go to school for 1,500 hours. Mm. You have the confidence to stand behind this chair and give this guy the best haircut you can. But you lack confidence when it comes time to charge? Mm. Come on, man. You have to value yourself. We don't, we don't, nobody, no, the state board just don't hit us up. And they're like, hey, Joe, Dre, it's time to raise your price, man. We're all, <laughs> yep. we're all going up. No, that's the luxury that we have because now we place value on ourselves. And and once you start doing that, then you're, you're the sky's the limit because no matter what anybody says, your bottom line should never be the the customers. You know what I mean? Because every customer has a bottom line. I had a guy say, Hey man, I'm not going to be able to get my hair cut with you. If you raise the price like that, me and my son, 
hey man I could walk you right here there's a barbershop right here they smoke weed in there they drink mm. so do you want to take your son in there because it's going to be $20 cheaper or do you just still want to keep this working relationship because yeah. we all have choices you know what I mean we can I was joking with him earlier I would love to have a Disneyland pass I used to have one but my family grew so now we only got Knott's passes because that's what I can afford. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm I'm still not going to cut myself out of what I want to do, but I'm not going to be able to do exactly what I want to do until I get to a certain plateau and I start making myself feel like, hey, I'm worth this because this is how much time I put into it. And, th- and that's where it is. Nobody tells us like, hey, once you're 10 years into the game, you're this, you're that. We all learn by just trial and error. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times... It's kind of being like a, an overweight dude. We just carry around dead weight for the longest yeah. because the shit feeds us. It feels good on us. Mm. And then once you're like, I'm going to go to the gym, the, the big guy's like, oh, no, I'm not going with him no more. I need a barber that's going to sit around and be lazy like me. Hmm. And so we start, you know, sufficifying our income because we're like, oh, wait a minute. I don't want to lose such and such because we've been working together for so long. Well, I'm sure such and such has, has done things in his life as well along the way that you've been working with him where he's put himself in the situation where he can't afford to get a haircut with you no more. Now, that's not my problem. It's his. Now, if he still wants to continue the relationship, then he just has to know, like, hey, man, this is what is going to be going forward. I'm not mad that you can't get it with me. There's a barber. There's something for everybody out there. But just going forward with me, this is what it's going to be. And and you guys know because you're a shop owner, you're a barber, I've been on both sides. <laughs> and so I, I love to joke with the barbers. Like when I, we have meetings or something, or if I say anything, I walk out the room, I come back in, and I'm like, hey, don't be talking shit when I leave because I used to be you guys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, we, we know. And so you, as an owner, you got to keep that jokingness, openness with the people because you want them to know, like, at the end of the day, I'm a barber just like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just have way more responsibility than you can ever imagine way more responsibility yeah it's easy to to set up clean up throw the trash go home that's the easy part but cleaning the toilets cleaning all that stuff people will say why don't you pay somebody to do it even if you pay somebody to do it you still don't run the responsibility Mm -hmm. and so that's where people start thinking like oh well what what is what is the famous because we've all been barbers before when the shop owner raises the rent what goes through your mind all he cares about is himself that's it himself and money and so I'm like, damn, bro. No, I cared enough to keep the doors open. Mm. I'm caring enough to keep the AC on. Mm-hmm. Damn what I'm taking home. Think about what I'm really doing to just give everybody the same opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's when barbers will start feeling some kind of way. When my barbershop got broken into, I had a barber straight out look at every chair in my shop and say, you make this much, that much, that much, and that much out of every chair in here. And I was like, oh, it's time for him to go. Mm. Yep. Straight up. You know why? Because he can go count chairs anywhere. He can go count anybody's money or whatever the fuck he thinks is going on anywhere. He don't need to be here no more. Mm-hmm. Then I ran into another problem with the barbers were like, hey, man, are you going to replace the Clippers? No. And you're you're, me that you're an independent employee. You got to have your own insurance to cover it. And that's what flabbergasted me was. I'm like, yo, these are grown men who have cars, who obviously have insurance to get to work, but you don't insure the one thing that pays for all this? I don't get it. I don't get it. So that's where I was telling my wife not too long ago. I said, barbers are a lot of guys that just like to grab their shit and talk shit. Mm -hmm. 
But whenever there's an extra expense, even if it is a $30 a month for a booking app, oh, oh my God, really? I'm like, damn, it's 30 bucks. That's just going to help you. You don't got to be texting nobody no more. But it's an extra expense. Mm -hmm. And now if you're like, hey, I want you guys to get renter's insurance. How much is that? 32 bucks. Oh, no, no. So now what they do is they'll sit around and wait until the next guy just dangles a, an opportunity where you don't have to pay anything, but he's still running all the risk. Yep. And so they, boom, they leave. Mm. And so my thing is this. This is what I thought about barbershop booth rent. Okay. Let's go. Okay. Whatever you charge for walk-ins, I charge $35 for walk-ins. Okay. okay? Barbers have gotten away from treating it like a job a business they've gotten into the comfortability where it's a hustle it's an unorthodox profession so it's a hustle anybody could do this you know what i mean so to speak because if somebody wanted to go yes even with no practice there's some people out there pushing money just you know what i mean yep no disrespect to anybody but they're getting away from it being a job they're coming in low rent i'm taking off bro where you going i'm going home i already paid my rent when you coming back i'm coming back thursday Okay, cool. So they're still sufficifying their clients and they're happy with that. But once you raise the rent, what's going on now? Why are you raising the rent, man? Why are you? It's all about growth. I'm trying to grow my business. So if I told you $35 haircuts, 40-hour work week, you, you as a barber should be like, I need to do a haircut every hour, right? Minimum. Right. Yeah, Minimum. one an hour. Right? Minimum. So how much is that? 35 times 40. That's $1,400 a week. You know what booth rent should be? 10 haircuts based off the walk-in price a week. Or $350. $350. If you're charging $20 for haircuts, $200. Mm -hmm. Based off of what are your walk-in prices, now you're going to keep the barbers there. Because they're going to be like, damn, I got to be here. This fool's charging me a ton of money. Mm. But what happens with that barber while he's sitting there? His tree's growing. He, he, he sees what he's giving you. And that's the first thing he's going to shy about. Damn it, I've got to give this dude 350 bucks. But if you're making 1400 just off of haircuts plus the tips, you're still making a cool $1,500, $1,600 a week. Minimum. Minimum. See? And, and that's where barbers stop thinking about that. They start thinking, all this dude wants is our money. All this dude cares about is this and that. Come on, man. I'm trying to make you grow. That's it. And if your shop owner's not telling you, like, hey, man, raise the price. Like, let's do it. Remember, we were talking about it earlier. I'm only working three days a week now because there's other things that I want to do and set up things that I'm not able to do if I'm in the barbershop all day long. But if you want to be a barber and be in a position where you can take the days off or take the hours off that you need, you're going to have to be in that barbershop from zero to three years at least Mm -hmm. just chilling and hanging out. And still, I still, like I said, 15 years, I'm still going to walk up to somebody and hand out a business card. I still put, I guerrilla market everything. I put stickers everywhere. I got a barcode everywhere I go. And I've been doing it since I opened my barbershop because I was a tagger growing up. And I just felt (laughs) like, hey, if I'm in your face... There ain't shit you could do it, but yep. acknowledge me. Yep. I've sold out barber classes in my shop. I charge $40 a seat, 40 seats. I've done it four times. And people are like, you, how do you do it? I, I just got to just talk shit. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Talk shit. Rub people the wrong way. They're going to definitely tell somebody about you 
and somebody's going to like you. You just have to create your own buzz. I've never been a guy that's been like, you know what? Yeah, I just want to join that team. I'm like, fuck that team. Let me go get Dre and Joe. And I, I think we could do something against yeah. those guys. And more people need to feel like that. Remember we were talking earlier about uh, people go through life. I've always tripped out off this. And they, they're finding themselves, right? But what the fuck are you looking for? <laughs> Somebody that's not there. I don't Why don't you tell your kids, hey, let's create yourself. Because mm-hmm. finding you, what the fuck are we looking for? <laughs> I still haven't found what I'm looking for. <laughs> but I was able to create this alter ego, bullshit, beautiful loser and open two barbershops. And so I said to myself, hey, man, just do what makes you happy. Because somebody's not going to like it, but two people are going to love it. And so as long as the two outweigh the one, you're going to grow faster than you're going to fucking demise. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The math. It just adds up. That's it. Just stay at it. Stay persistent. You got to have dedication because motivation is never enough. Never. Never. Never Never enough. So if you're dedicated to something, you'll get it done. But just being motivated, there's times I'm tired. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's days I go to work at 4.30 in the morning, 5. And then there's days I'm like, fuck that. I ain't going until 8. But it, as long as I still have that drive, I'm going to go. Yeah. And, and with me, it's my kids. I got two kids. I'm married. I'm my wife. Like, I, I love seeing them do what they want to do. Yeah. Regardless of where I'm at, there's times that I do miss stuff, but I do my best to make sure I'm there. Doctor appointments, all that. And that's why I became a barber. I became a barber to be able to do those things. Not to be rich. I don't think I'll ever be rich if I am. I, hey, man, blessings. <laughs> That'd be nice. But yeah. you know, you know yeah. how rich I am? that's not what it's for. You want to know how rich I am? I'm rich in smiles. Yeah. I see you guys laughing and smiling to me. Hey, they're, they're, you can't knock me off my pedestal right now. Yeah. My wallet may be thin, but the smiles, hey, man, that's big, big to me. Hey, but that karma wealth, that, I mean, that's, that's what I always tell people. You know, it's, it's not about building your, your financial wealth. It's about building your karma wealth. Yeah. Like, like you could have all the money in the world, but you got no, no karma. Who you got to share it with? Yeah. Like, who, who you got around you? Like, it's just, it's You'd be not like Drake, out. slowly at the top. <laughs> hey, hey, but as long as you build good karma, it doesn't matter what you have. You'll never be alone. Yeah, definitely. You know I mean? You'll never be alone. There's there's that saying that people say, um, you know, I'd rather cry in my Ferrari. Fuck no, you wouldn't rather Hell cry no. in your nah. Ferrari. Like, there's no way. There's there's no way. You can't. No way. You can't. It, it's not sustainable. Nah. You won't survive. It won't look good. Yeah. So I, I totally get that. Yeah, there's people killing themselves in those Ferraris because of that. <laughs> It's all a facade, man. You, know, you, hey, you guys, hey, have you guys ever seen a, a funeral recession? Like, you know, when they're they're driving. Yeah. And have you ever seen a, a you ever seen a, a U-Haul following a hearse? No, no. Yeah, that's right. You ain't taking none of this shit, so yeah. don't worry about it. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, that's okay. a good one. Okay. That's all right. <laughs> hey, like but that. really, like, I I appreciate you saying what you just said about like how you feel about your family. And like what it is that you're truly building for, like even with what we were talking about, like like the football, yeah. Like you're doing this, your passion, because that's what you want to do. My wife just said this the the other day, and we've actually said this quite a few times already in the past. Like there are moments for us where we feel like maybe the barbers might want us there more than we're there, like that they might want like our presence like in the shop. And if our presence isn't in the shop, then it seems like we're not doing much. And one of the things that my wife told me just recently again, because she said it before, is like like. This is the life we designed. Like yeah. we created our lives so that it can be this way. And it's like, like, no, like there's like, we shouldn't have to do it any other way because other people feel it should be this way or should be that way. It's just the way we designed it. 
And that's what we did it for. And I feel like if if the people that are questioning that see that and see it in all goodwill, then they have a great business model to follow. And they're going to eventually be there. But once they start feeling the ill will, the fainted heart, and all oh, this guy wants is this, 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 they're going to go their own way, man. Yep. They're going to go their own way. And then what happens is when you go your own way, it's like joining a, a new football team in the NFL. Yeah, the uniform looks cool, but you don't know who's full of shit inside that building until you get inside that mm-hmm. building. Yeah. And so I've always been a football coach for 20 years, and I would tell parents, like, hey, man, look, this is how it works. You may not be happy with who's in charge right now, but if you leave to another league and another team, it's going to take you about three or four years to figure out who's full of shit over there. Mm-hmm. And by that time, your kids are going to be in high school. You should just stay right here because you already know what you're dealing with. Yep. It doesn't mean that you have to uh, sit and drink with anybody, buddy-buddy with anybody. You're doing this to give your kid the best opportunity. And to me, that's what I think life's about is taking advantage of every opportunity. Yeah. Win, win, lose, or draw. Because you can't really take losses and feel like, oh, you know what? I lost. What did you lose? You didn't have it. You didn't have it in the first place. There it is. Ooh, there you it didn't is. have it in the first place. You were trying to achieve it, but you never had it to call it yours. Yeah. And and I just said a thing not too long ago. Anything in life that happens to you, it happened for you. Always. Come on. Nothing happens to Always. you. It happens for you. And so you got to be more grateful for the things that you're like. Hey, you know what? Fine, man. I I, I give it up. Let it go. And and let's just see what happens. Because what what can we do? We could sit, we could dwell on it, but that's going to give you, you know, emotional problems. You're going to start thinking that everything around you is not working. Stay positive. Because yeah. the positive mind is going to take you a lot further than that negative mind. The negative mind is going to, ah, I give up. Yeah. This and, guy only wants my money. And it's always exhausting. <laughs> like what came up for me right now when you were saying that was like the cancellations and the no-shows in the shop. Like, ah, oh, I, I just lost 30 bucks. I, and it's like. One, you never had it. Yeah. Right? And two, you did eight haircuts. Like, like you're looking at the one that didn't, that didn't show. show yeah. But like you just, you missed out on the fact that you literally just did 220 bucks yeah. on eight cuts. A That's lot, of, a lot like, of it, I think, comes with the experience. Because now I'll get a cancellation. I'm like, shit, let me chill real quick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going hey, to go get a champurado from next door. There Sat- you go. Saturday. I, I get a break. Saturday, you know Saturday, I get a break. Saturdays, I, I put in no breaks, right? No breaks in my, in my, in my I schedule. I got right? you, man. No, no, no. But, no, no, but, but, oh, all right. but well, when I have that cancellation, don't shop. Here I come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You got you to gotta give yourself that. I was telling you guys outside, I hired new barbers, and I told them, hey, man, try to leave every day from 12 to 3. 12 to 3 gives you the middle of the day to do whatever you want. Debrief from the barbershop. You want to go home, take a nap, take a shower, go do that. And the biggest thing is if you're just there all day, you don't create any value. Anybody could walk by the barbershop and be like, oh, there's Gil. He's sitting there all day. You know what time does he close? He closes at 7. Bet you if I show up at 6.50, he's there. 6.55, I'll be there. And so I'm that guy that I turn people away. People walk in, hey, Gil. Nah, man, make an appointment. What? Yep, make an appointment. They're like, damn. I even cut people off. When they don't show up to their appointments, I'll yeah. cut them off. And and I'm that guy because I'm, I'm a people person. I'll call them like, hey, Joe, last three times, bro, you, you, you didn't come to your appointment. Now you have to walk in. I got to walk in. You got to prove to me that you want me to cut your hair. So they'll come, and now I'll let the dude back on my books. But, but dude, if every barber could get that, because what I just heard is like 
you communicate. Mm -hmm. Like you don't just get pissed off and like cut someone off and like that's it. Like it's a wrap. Like like you probably called them like five like like five minutes into his appointment. Hey, yo, Joe. Like, are you still coming? Oh, nada. And then the second time, the same thing. And then the third time, you call and say, Hey, yo, this has happened already this many times. Yeah. This is your process. You you gotta you gotta, you gotta do walk in. in now. To, yeah, you gotta walk in. But like, you're 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 communicating. Like you're creating the time to be in communication with one of the people that allows you to do what you're passionate about. Yeah. But what happens and we we know it is we're surrounded by negative guys. Mm. We're surrounded by clowns that follow stuff on the internet. So they'll they'll bash their clients when they don't show up. They'll mm. talk shit mm -hmm. and then everybody in the barbershop starts doing it. Mm. And so instead of looking at it like you said, myself saying, "Hey man, whatever, like let me just tell them this is what it's going to be." We don't talk like that in the shop. We don't tell our other barbers like, yeah, man, I had to tell them like this. We're like, fuck that. I just told this fool don't come no more. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're uh -huh. like, liar. I'm a barber too. You're stupid. You didn't tell them like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know what I mean? And we want to say that. But like you're saying, if you could just talk to somebody, that's it. Just get in communication. It, and it, it's hard. But like you say, a lot of it comes with just, just growing. You know what I mean? I, I watch one of these barber dudes on Instagram and I joke with them all the time and I tell them like, hey man, a lot of your, your content is just barbershop complaints. It's not really anything educational. Mm -hmm. Oh, hey, why you guys make me wait? Oh, oh, you can't get me before lunch? No, no, nah, nah, man. And so I'm like, yeah, this is going to be the next generation of the, of the clowns and the trend followers just because they're following something that's trendy right now. And so what do you look for? You know, like, oh yeah, I told him this. If you read the comments, everybody's just in his echo chamber. Every everything that he says, talking about Mark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good, huh? yeah. I'm good. We always talk though. I, I, yeah, I no, DM and we bullshit, cool, but, but I hear you. I hear. I it, hear you. It, you become hear a you. part of an echo chamber. I hear you. And yeah. when when you're sitting in a shop and somebody just throws out there like, "No tip gang," I used to work in a barbershop and people would say that, and I'd be like, "What? Is, what is NTG? No tip gang? What does that mean?" He didn't tip me, and I told the guys one day, "Oh, you're the dumbass." You need to include your tip in the price of your haircut. If he gives you more, cool. But why are you getting mad at him for him only giving you what you're asking yeah, for? Yeah, yeah, yep, it's yeah. what you're asking for. Wow, yeah. you said it too. Yeah. You said it. It's yeah. what you're asking that for. That avocado. Yep. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. If you want it, then just put it down there. That way you don't have to have any awkwardness. That's, there's there's a, a, a distinction that I re recently discovered from one of those courses that says, um, ask for what you want, not for what you think you can get. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's it. If if yep. who knows, you know what I mean? And fuck, go to a restaurant. I want a purple elephant. They fucking might have it. But if you just assume and you don't ask, you know, like I, when I coach football, I always tell the kids, hey, the, the dumb question is the question you don't ask, because yeah. the guy right next to you, he might have that same dumb question. And both of you guys may not ask it out of fear of being looked at a certain way. Hey, man, ask me all the questions. Don't matter. Because that's what I'm here for. Right? If I'm going to be the leader, if I'm going to be the coach, and if I'm going to be the leader of the barbershop, you should be able to come ask me the questions. Hey, man, how did this start? How did that start? And I'm one of those guys that I feel like if you're, if you're open with people like that, they may take your idea because my wife always tells me, you got great ideas and you just tell everybody that. I'm like, so what? You know why? Because they're going to have the 99 cent store version of it. Because it's still my idea. I, I'm still the visionary of it. Mm -hmm.
They may come and take it, and there's nothing wrong with that because I played music, and the difference between a music a musician and a and a, and a I'm already lost now. Somebody that writes music and somebody that steals music is just as talented. But somebody that writes it, they make it good. Somebody that steals it, nine times out of ten, makes it better. Mm. So who do you get mad at? You still got to appreciate what they're doing because there's only 12 notes and they repeat themselves. So when people are like, oh, that fool's playing my music. I'm like, shit, he's playing Mozart too. (laughs) (laughs) He's playing everybody's music. And so that's what it is with haircuts, right? Everybody's going to show you up how to do it and how to do it. But at the end of the day, you're going to figure out your own way. What, what, what you're comfortable with. Some people will tell you, you got to go all the way around the head on the fade. Do this half, do this half. I'm like, all right, let me just try something. And, and, and if you can explain it to people, people like that a lot. Learning the terminology of just cutting hair. That's big, man. I was really big on using shears when I was coming out of school. I worked in a salon. So I liked that kind of stuff. And I joke with the, the, the girl, Julia, works next to me. I always get the older guys with the longer hair. And I just are like, these are my retirement haircuts right here. These little 15-minute bangers just... I don't oh. want to be sitting here all day. <laughs> nah, man. I don't even do lineups, you guys. I don't do lineups on my board. Like, I don't charge for lineups. And people ask me, like, why? I'm like, because you can sit here and mess with somebody's hairline for 15, 20 minutes, give them the mirror, and then what's the first thing they're going to do? Oh, man, 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 right right here, right here, right here. I'm like, man, fuck that. (laughs) I charge 50 for 40 minutes. I'm going to be 30 minutes into this shit. For 10 bucks? Nah. I'm good. Get a haircut with me. I like that. You don't do lineups. Why do lineups? If you look at my haircuts, you get a haircut. You get a hot lather shave or you get a haircut in a hot leather shave. That's it. I like that. Once you start giving people options, that I'd get, I, I go to big places with big menus of food. I'm like, fuck it, man. Let me get a cheeseburger. I don't even want to look at nothing no more. So if you just keep it simple, now these people know, like, I can get this in here. Mm. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I don't got to ask no other questions because they're telling me, they're communicating to me, this is what we do here. That's it is, just talking to people, letting them know this is what the price is, this is what it's going for, and, and feeling confident about that. Haircuts give people confidence, right? All day. Yep. That's All it. Should I get my haircut twice a week? So I, keep, <laughs> I, like to, I like to be the... Uh. And, and it really is one of those professions, too, where people truly get a connection with the person on the other side of that chair. Oh, yeah. It might not be with everybody, but like... I from like I've gotten this from a lot of my customers and this is like for me probably the part that I'm most passionate about when it comes to barbering is like I've had I've been very blessed that I've had a lot of my clients like tell me like dude like I love coming to get my hair cut because like one I walk out with a fresh fade but two like man like the perspective I walk out of here with like you got me looking at my girl like she's a fucking goddess and like you got me looking at my like my kids like damn like I or like, like, nah, like I thought this about my job, but like, man, like I'm actually real grateful. Like, like I've had that blessing of people telling me like, dude, like I get a dope haircut, but more than anything, like I walk out of here with way more than that. Yeah. See, and that's the, that's the thing. Like, uh, because the way the trend is in barbering, st- still people don't respect it. Mm. People still don't respect it. I remember during COVID, uh, my cousin works for the unemployment and he was like, Hey, cuz can I ask you a question? I'm like, yeah. He said, I got a lot of barbers filing for unemployment saying they make sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year. And I laughed. I said, They're fucking lying. He's like, What? I said, They're making way more than that shit. <laughs> and he was like, Gil, are you serious? I said, Yeah, bro. That's what they're reporting to you. Yep. 
And I said, so now that's where they're going to come after us and try to tr- create legislation for all of us to be paying into the pot. And I said, but there's nothing wrong with that, except it's an extra cost for the barber. Mm-hmm. So the fear of the barber having to pay more is why they take money under the table. But see, this is what you should teach your barbers is this. The more money that you report, now you're getting into another bracket of where uh, when you come from where I come from, you borrow money because you need it. Mm-hmm. But what about if you have the capital and you have the money that you've been accumulating because you're showing income that you can walk into a bank and get a $60,000 investment loan? Mm. Because you can, not because you have to. But because, wow. But because okay. you can. But because you can. But like I'm saying, because of the, 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 the black eye on barbering, what does everybody tell you? Like, oh, man, don't report this, do yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Everybody in barbering will tell you how to not report money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but nobody in barbering will tell you how to elevate yourself. You know what I'm saying? They'll yep. sit there and tell you the same yada, yada, whoopie, and you're like, all right, hey, bro. I've seen people jump through that hoop. You want to go down that path? Go ahead. But I can tell you what's going to happen in five years. You're going to be in the same spot doing the same thing. Oh, no, I won't say the same thing. You'll be doing the same thing in another spot now mm-hmm. because you outgrew this little spot that you were at because somebody else talked you into moving somewhere else. But just because you move somewhere else and you don't bring up your value, how are you gaining any value? You're just you're just like a gang member jumping from set to set. Woo! Come you on. know what I'm saying? And at some point, somebody's going to be like, man, fuck that guy. I'm cool with him. You know what I mean? And that's why I say, like, what barbershop owners that are listening to it, hey, the swing is coming back. Everybody's going back to work. So all these backyard boogie haircuts, it's about to be a thousand degrees this summer outside. Yeah, it already is. So mm-hmm. if you're thinking about getting a haircut in somebody's backyard without an AC, hey, man, I hope you survive that shit. Because <laughs> people are going to fall out. And this is where the barbers need to just set the standard. Like, hey, man, it's going to be 250 a week boot rent because if we're there, you're going to grow. You're going to grow. And, and think about it at its simplicity. How do you get a barber fresh out of school to grow? You give him that 150 booth rent, and whether he's doing haircuts or not, like I wasn't, but I was still paying the rent. Now I'm where I'm at because of that. And that's where you, you'll, you'll, they may think you're an ass, but you're, you're preparing them for the war. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's never going to end. Nothing's guaranteed. You, you don't see anything. You know what I mean? People, I've lost clients like this out of this world. Not just gone to another barber. And so those are the things that we we have to deal with. And people don't think about that. There's still people we've lost, gone on to heaven and, and the other side. And you still think about those people too because you had those working relationships mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. So when somebody says to me like, oh, you're just a barber? I'm like, shit, you just work at a bank. <laughs> so what? You have a budget because you get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. So no matter how much you make, I think I'm doing all right. And as a barber, you, you want to make more money. One, you, you can charge more. Or two, just work more hours. Work more, yeah. Yeah, like, like you can you can pull your raise. That's it. When, whenever you want to pull your raise. And like what, what you were saying about like, um, like I outgrew this spot, but like went to another spot. Like one of the things that my wife and I always strive for is creating, entre- either we either want to create you to be an entrepreneur where you can take everything we do and enhance it. Mm-hmm. Like enhance that motherfucker because we want to make sure you are. Please be more successful than us, yep. because then we know we we just built that karma wallet. We See, and that's why job. I think you got you have the two shops and you have good people around you because it, I've always said this about Barbie and people want to see you doing good. They just don't want to see you doing better than them. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the bottom line. And that's why it's when you see people like everybody's blown away. They want to be the sponsored barbers. They want to do this. And it's like, come on, man. The reality of it is it's kind of like going to the NFL. Only one motherfucker's going. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Are you that one guy? And what are you going to do to get to that that plateau? And then once you get there, then what is it? What's next? What is it? I don't go out on New Year's anymore. And I always tell my wife, you know, I don't go out no more because I'm never going to get that first high again. Mm. Come on. I'm never going to get that first New Year's Eve out partying again. So to me, I'd rather have my kids see me hanging out with my family on New Year's so that way when they get older, they're not chasing parties. That's right. Mm. Come on. You know what I mean? I, I did all that. I ran in the streets. I don't want my daughters hanging out and, and hanging out in the streets. I know, homies. I'm going to fuck that. I don't even tell people where I live no more. Right. Who cares? My kids are there. My wife's there. You don't. If I know where to find you. Mm-hmm. And, and more people need to be like that. It, it's just... Creating the value in yourself in, in every aspect of your life. If you know there's people that are doing dumb shit, why be there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Why why sit there and, and, and just keep going through it? We can put ourselves through some bad situations. That that's easy. You know what I mean? It's real easy to do bad. Well, let me tell you how easy it is. <laughs> let me tell you, brother. But you what, one thing that I really get from that is because the payoff is too good. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like we all have our story. And a lot of us have that voice in us that's like, you're not good enough, like you don't matter, like, you know, you're not loved, you can't trust people, like, oh, you know, and when you get in those situations, all that does is validate your story, mm-hmm. you know, so, so the payoff, like it, it, the, the payoff of you being able to say, see, see I told that, you, see, that's me, like, yep. see, or like, yeah, <laughs> told you you weren't good enough, like, told you, you, were, you, like the payoff is too good because then you get to be right about that part of you. Because if you if you then go to take accountability for that part of you, if you then be accountable for exactly where you're at in your life, mm-hmm. that's when the work starts. Yeah, that's when now to then create your own life and have a say in the way that that shit goes. Now you're working, where it, as before it's too it's it's easy. You just get to be right about who you're creating yourself to be is not good enough or not lovable or whatever. People think Kanye West is crazy. I think he's a genius because he's just going to tell you like, this is what it is. He's not going to be like, Hey, this is a nice water bottle. He's like, ain't this the nicest water bottle you've ever seen? Hmm. And it's how you, how you present yourself to people. People think he's crazy, but I'm just like, yo man, why not think like that? Why not think what everybody else doesn't? You may, they may think you're crazy. I took my daughter to Knott's one day and took her into the schoolhouse. She's five and she's talking to the teacher, you know, yada, yada. And the lady goes, one plus one is what? And my daughter goes, 11. And the lady laughed and then she pulled me aside. She goes, look, most kids say two, but she saw 11 and I like that. And so I said to myself, like, damn, she like me. Yeah, I know what you're telling me, but this is what I see. So let me be great in my thought. And regardless of what you or the rest of the world have to say about it, I see 11. Hmm. And who am I as a parent? Because I want my daughters to be those outspoken, not shy, not this or that. I'm not going to shoot them down. Yeah, I mean, I do see 11 too. Yep. I see exactly what you see. There's a one next to a one. You know why I know now? You know why it's more validated? Because my dad said so. Hmm. We're heroes to our kids. Well, my oldest one, I would dance, do the, the Yo Gabba Gabba dance and shit in front of the TV. And I tell my wife, if I'm not shy, she's not going to be shy. And so we, we're, we're, we're trying to create them, right? We're trying to trying to get them to create themselves. Yep. Damn. yep. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's it. They're yeah. never going to find themselves. They can go look for a toy. 
Hey, go, go, go get this. They can go get that. But they're never going to be able to find themselves. Dude, you are spot on, even with what you just did right now. Where you said, they can go look for a toy. Like, you pointed behind you. Mm-hmm. You can't create from back there. Right? If you're, fi- <laughs> if you're finding yourself, you're looking backwards. Yeah. You're looking somewhere you've been mm-hmm. to find what you you're, think you want. Yeah. But you can't create from back there. You can only create from up here. I burn bridges. You know why? Because if I don't burn them, I can always go back to who I used to be. Yep. You burn the boats. Yep. You want to take over the fucking island? That's it. You burn the boats. Yeah. Hey, there's, they, what did they say? It's lonely at the top, right? And, 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 and that's where we all, we don't want to live that, but it, it, it is what it is. At some point, not everybody's allowed to come along. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's supposed to be along. And you'll learn that as you grow older and as you, you start seeing people showing their true colors. And it doesn't mean make people bad people. It's just who they are. You know what I mean? When all the guys quit my shop, one of them, uh, his, his wife reached out to me and I just said, hey, you know what? I'm happy that they're where they are and I'm where I'm at. I want to see the guys eat. Just not at my table. That's it. There's enough for us to eat. Just we're not going to eat together anymore. Yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Just wish everybody well and let them go their way. And, and that's it. But I know, like I said, I still run the risk. You know what I mean? I, I still have the software. I mean, the hardware, you're the software. And the only way we can make it work together is if we, we intertwine each other. Mm-hmm. And once the software wants to stop working towards the common goal of making the hardware grow and be bigger then it's time to get a new one. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That's it. No love loss. You're going to take your your PC and go where you want to go and hook it up to the next man's whatever, and that's cool. But barbers need to start appreciating where they are because they really don't know how much we put into it to see them grow. Mm-hmm. And so when you see somebody like just shit on it, you're like, oh, man, well, whatever. Seen it before. Now it's happening to me because I didn't own the shop. And so, again, like, when I talk to my barbers, I'm like, shit, you guys got ideas how to get more walk-ins? Let me know because I'm a barber just like you. Mm-hmm. But, again, I get out there. I walk around. I try to show them, like, hey, man, do this. One of my new barbers, Josh, he does the same thing. He's like, yo, check it out. I'm at the gym. I'm good. And I'm like, that's it, bro. Yep. That's it. it. I just texted my buddy Rigo today. I said, hey, you know what, Rigo? Oh, Master Rigo? Yeah. That's I, homie right there. I was like, That's the homie. You're going to be a good barber, bro, because you're already doing the part that you need of being in the shop, showing up, just sitting there, and, and, and yep. that's it. In no time, you're going to blow up. I said, and never worry about the name. Just worry about being the barber. Worry about servicing the community. In my barbershop, I don't have pictures of, like, Kobe or nothing like that because I have things about the community. Mm. The city, because if you walk in a barbershop and you see all of the things with Kobe or, or the people you idolize, now it's what you you want everybody to see. If it's about the city, then it's like, oh, you know what? Damn, this guy actually cares about the, the history of the city. We should start telling people to come in here. Hmm. All right, cool. I had a white guy walk by my barbershop when I first opened my second one on the boulevard, and he walked by, he doubled back. He said, hey. This is nice, man. Finally, a place where white men can get their hair cut in bellflower. <laughs> and I laughed, right? And I was like, what? He goes, this is really nice. And he walked out, and I ran out the door. I said, hey, man, go tell all your white buddies. <laughs> and, and we just laughed about it. He still comes by and jokes, but that's where it is, man. I love stopping with people. The mailman comes in. I get my mailman Christmas gifts every year. I'm that guy, bro. I want those people to feel like, yeah, man, he cares. You know, our mailman just gave me a Dodger jacket. Boom. 
Wow. Boom. See? Confidence. I could have heard like twice, three times maybe. Confidence. Three times. Because he's probably been in there forever. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Little man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a homie. You ever seen a big male man? They're all little. (laughs) I've seen a couple. I've seen a couple. Yeah. Yeah. He always walks in. What's up, baby? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, That's funny, man. I thought my mailman died during COVID and I was telling the barbers that because another guy from the the other shop had came in and told me that. And I was like, what? And then he came in the barbershop and grabbed me. He's like, hey, man, what are you telling people? I was like, shit, your supervisor told me you passed away. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, no, man, my wife and uh, daughter had gotten a car accident. I actually just seen him the other day when I went to my shop. So it's good to see him. I I try to be cool with everybody, man. The homeless people. I got T-shirts. If I see them, I give them my T-shirts with my barbershop logo That's on it. Right. You know why? Come on. Who does not look at a homeless person? Come on. <laughs> I got bright yellow shirts with black writing, and I give them to homeless people. Because who the hell's not going to look at a homeless person? With a bright yellow shirt. Yeah, real talk. Yeah. And so people spend a lot of money on like different advertisements. Saying, Let me tell you guys my biggest pitch. And, and, and I laugh because I've had marketing companies call me about their apps. And they tell me, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send out this reminder that you're doing haircuts. Next time you go to a concert, next time you go to Disneyland, or next time you're just in a big crowd, turn your airdrop on and send a shot of your barbershop and say, hey, we're servicing haircuts. Everybody in that crowd with their airdrop on is going to get what? I'm going to do that shit Your at the picture. gym tomorrow. I'm doing that at the gym tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay, see, and so these are the things that go wow. through my mind. And when I tell people that, they're like, damn, Gil, I've never thought about that. Mm. It, it, you have the tools right at your hand. You just got to sit there and just think outside of what everybody else is yeah. doing. Because sitting there posting like, oh, take it walk-ins till 9. We're just chilling. Come by. Seen that. Done that. But if you're just posting like, hey, man, I don't, a lot of times I don't post I post random shit, yeah, yeah waterfalls do. or whatever, just because the eye, you want people to look at it like, oh, what the hell is this guy talking about? With me, I have a big personality, so I talk a lot on my videos, and people always tell me, like, yo, that shit's funny, man. And to me, it's just I want you to constantly be reminded, like, hey, this guy talks shit. He cuts hair. If I ever need to talk shit, I'll call him. If I ever need a haircut, I'll call him. Mm-hmm. But you got to be able to give everybody some of you, and that's all barbering is right now, right? It's creating the alter ego. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to be all over yep. Instagram famous and this and that. And I'm like, hey, man, that's cool. That's cool. If that's what you yeah, want, if that's what you have the time. It. I got kids. I don't have the time. Yeah. And I don't want to be just hanging out, taking pictures with people. I don't give a fuck who people are. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. And it's time consuming. It is. Like, like really create, content, like creating yourself as a brand. That's like people sometimes think like, oh, that dude got famous overnight. Fuck no. Nah. Like, dude, those people that are like viral, dude, that shit takes work. Time, research, energy, trial and error. I mean, they were making oh, fucking yeah. hundreds of videos before yeah. you've seen that one that you thought fucking made them famous. Like, yeah. And so, you know, is it, it did it sufficify all those hours that it took you to get to there? And now, like, are you comp- are you being compensated for all that? Or are you just trying to be, you know what I mean? Get your haircuts and let's go home and do what you got to do. Because there's still a spot for that guy. Mm-hmm. And there's still a spot for the guy coming out of school who wants that and who's not easily persuaded by the glams and the lights mm-hmm. because again what when you go to the shows that's what everybody probably says to the influencers mm-hmm. i want to be just like you i want to have my own product line mm-hmm. i want to open my own school i want to be a platform artist uh no you know what i just want to cut hair why that that shit was hard and that's like anything that's anybody in life we want to do something until we hit that point when it's hard mm-hmm. and if you can get past the hard part ah oh, it's easy selling 
Easy selling. But what do we always do with our minds? You said it. We shoot ourselves down. We start thinking like, oh, man, that guy's going to charge me extra for rent and for the app. But all his barbers are making $2,000 a week, man. Let's go. No, I'm just going to I'm just going to stay here cuz I I don't want to spend that extra 60 to get another 400. If that's not the dumbest shit you've ever thought to yourself, you don't deserve to be a barber. Yeah. Straight out because you're not growing. You're never going to grow and if somebody just throws you a bone a little less cheaper, how does that make you grow? Mm-mm. Yeah, you're going to make that extra little money that they took from the haircuts, but that still don't make you grow. What is this person offering you that's going to tell you to grow? Like I said, hey, let's raise our price every six months. Let's go. Because it, it it's what it is, man. It's a thing called COLA, cost of living annually. Mm. Bread goes up every six months. This has nothing to do with inflation. This just has to do with life. Yeah. Mm. Come on. But because the political part of it, they, they politicize everything and they want us to think that it's this and that and that and this. And so I'm 43. I tell my wife, I've, I've seen a lot of maybe four, five, six presidents. I was like, shit, this is the worst one. But if they didn't put us in the situation where they told us it was going to be this, 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 and that, and the third, we wouldn't be right here. And so I always tell people like, hey, man, where I come from, I was always told the white man, the white man was going to get us. And I'm like, what the fuck? What does that mean? When you come from a less affluent neighborhood, you think about scenarios. You think about being in a car riding with your parents and the cops pull behind you. People in less affluent neighbors tell their kids what? Joe, sit down before the cops get you. Mm. So now you're you're instilling fear of the cops and Joe at five years old because yeah. of a seatbelt. Yeah. So what is Joe going to grow up his whole life thinking? Scared the cops the are bad. Yep. Yeah. But now if you live in a more affluent neighborhood, they're like, Joe, I'm put your ass on timeout. But we laugh at that shit where we come from. Oh, they're going to put Joe on timeout. Joe's just going to be talking shit. Joe's not going to care. But Joe's not afraid of the cops. Mm-hmm. Joe don't have that problem. You know what I mean? And, and it's the dialogue we create. We tell people in our neighborhoods, if you're a cop, you're a bitch, you're a snitch, you're this or that. So then that leaves people who don't live in our neighborhood the opportunity to come from outside of our neighborhood who have no dialogue with us never been there and put their hands on us yeah. whip our ass drag us through the streets and all because of the people in our neighborhood define us as a, as a name because we want to do something good with ourselves you guys seen the movie 8 mile right yeah. mm-hmm. remember the one guy he lost the rap battle because his parents gave him a good life mm-hmm. remember Eminem said his name is Clarence and he lives with both of his parents and they got a real good marriage he won that rap battle for talking shit about a guy whose parents got their shit together and got him out of the hood. Mm. But because of the brainwashing and the shit we're supposed to be programmed to think, that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. His parents created themselves for this guy to be good, and the guy who was trying to find himself won the battle. They don't make no sense. Yeah. It, it, it don't make sense. We're... A lot of the times we're holding ourselves back just because we're allowing people to show us what they want to show us. Everything that's in our face is there for a reason. And so I tell my wife, I told her, I'm not not doing that shit. I'm not voting. I voted once before in my life. And I said, and now it's just a joke. And so she laughs at me now. She's like, Dan, you're fucking crazy. I'm not crazy. I told you. Everything I told her, shit just keeps happening. Every time. I, I have the text messages. The last two mass shootings, I said it in the morning. 
there's going to be a mass shooting today. And I'll show you guys both text messages. Yeah. And they were like, why? I said, because there's some shit that's going to come out in the news today. And instead of that, it's going to be a distraction. Oh, come on. I Boom. Hear I hear that. Boom. Th th that's why I said they'll, all this shit's going to still happen. It's just because how do you create, how do you push for gun control without mass shootings? You don't. Because there's gun violence every day, correct? Every day. Nobody cares about the gun violence. They care about the mass shootings. And so when you look at some of these people, you're like, damn, man, they couldn't figure out that this guy was going to do some shit. Mm. So some of it, you got to think like, damn, man, some of the shit is set up for us to just take the bait and make it look like it's crazy. And that's where we got to start thinking for ourselves. A lot of our people are fucked up because of the mandatory minimum sentence law. You look right now, there's a lot of guys that are in their 25s <laughs> to 30s who have kids and don't raise them because their dads were put in prison for the mandatory law, seven, eight years for marijuana possession. And now those kids grew up without their dad, so they don't even know how to raise their kids. And so, again, you think about those laws that were put into place by the same people who are doing it to us now, and you say, how many times are we going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe? If you can get to a library or you can get around some people that can educate you on some things, it could really change your mind. Mm -hmm. But we all know that there are just some people that are never going to come out of it. Generationally, they're just way too far behind. And you, you, you know, the good party, you want to love people, you want to pray for them. But the only way is if you start creating your own thought process. If you start telling yourself, hey, I don't want my kids to be following this. I don't think my kids should be following that. And that, that's my biggest thing. I went to the school district about the whole showing the kids the, the sexual thing in school. I was like, wait, that's too much. Man. Yeah. Like, I'm not even showing my kids that shit. So why should you? Mm -hmm. I'm crazy, though. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, that's, that's just my message, man. Like, if, you, if you're born stupid, don't die dumb. Mm. You know what I mean? Let people think what they want to think of you and, and, and always give people the plastic smile. And the plastic smile is you show them all your teeth. You know what I'm saying? Because then they could take it at face value. I used to tell people like, hey, I don't like anybody. I just give everybody the same respect. Mm. You know what I mean? You, you be cool with me, I'm cool with you. I don't care who you are. Just That's who I am, just as a person. I, I like to talk. I like to laugh. I don't give a shit who it is. <laughs> I like Dude, that. But, but that's awesome, man. I, I, I really acknowledge you for that because... One of the things that I heard you say, which for, for me, you know, is super important, which is like, if we want to see change out in the world, it starts with our kids. Yeah. And that's contagious. All, it starts and, with and, us and then our kids. Well, no, well, that, mm -hmm. but, but you know what I mean? Like, like it starts with them, but here's the thing. They come from, from us. From us. All of that negative dialogue, all, honestly, most of the dialogue we have now as adults comes from our parents yeah. yes yeah, sir sure. yeah. all of it yeah. yes sir all of it and i get it because as as kids you have no context like you could be you could be a dad in line at the checkout stand of a supermarket and you might be having like some credit card debt right like yep. you might be having some credit card debt work is a little bit slow like you stressed out you know what I mean? And then your kid like, dad, dad, can, can I get that? Like this gum or whatever? Like, no, not today. Like you weren't a good boy today. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like that fucking kid now grows up thinking like, damn, like I'm not a good, I'm not a good person. I'm yeah. not, I don't deserve to have a gum. Like my dad, like, like I don't, I'm not special enough. I'm not good enough. Like I haven't done good enough, enough yeah. for my pops for him to buy me a gum. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like you can't blame the parent in a way either because they're they got credit card debt. They're going through some shit. And in that moment, it's you just don't have the the mind to be like, hey son, look at I'd love to buy you that gum. Yeah. Like, I really would. You know what I mean? But right now, daddy is, you know, going through some challenges. You know what I mean? Um, and everything is gonna be fine. Give me a couple weeks and we'll, we'll make gum. <laughs> we'll make sure we get you that gum. Why? Because you're a, you're a hell of a kid. Yeah. You mean you're a good boy, and and if I could buy you a hundred gums, I would because you deserve it. At the moment, it's just not not possible at the moment. Yeah. But give me some time, and I got you because you're fucking awesome. Like, dude, communicating. Yeah. Even with your own kid, now you're you teaching just, them how how to create dialogue with people. Mm-hmm. That's big, dude. And now it's not like oh, okay, like I just can't get the gum, but that doesn't mean anything about me. Yeah. I can't get the gum. Yes. I still don't get what I want. But it doesn't mean anything about me. I did nothing wrong. It's not personal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. And really being able to take the time as a parent to catch yourself in your reactions and really be present to what it is that you're telling your kids. Yeah. Because that's all dialogue you're creating for them. I was telling one of the barbers, too, in my shop uh, during the whole election thing. He was really big on, like, the oppressed people. And so I said to him, let me give you my example of oppressed I said, your parents came from Mexico. Okay, they're in their 60s. They own a house in the United States of America. They're oppressed because they don't speak the language. They don't have paperwork to go get a job. They don't know shit. Now, if you're born in this country, you're not oppressed. You are not oppressed. I told him, there's people that are in their 60s like your parents living in the projects who don't even own a fucking bus pass. Mm. You know why? Because they lived off the system that was put in place to keep them exactly where they are. Exactly where they are. You know how they keep you where you are? Because they offer you free food stamps, free wick, and free money. But if you make a little over $300 a month, you make too much. Mm-hmm. So then the people, what they do is they say, well, fuck it. I'd rather just get the free shit. I'm not going to work. And so I said, your parents could have just lived off the free shit because they were oppressed. But instead, they figured out a way to make it work. And so you can't tell me somebody that's skin color makes them oppressed. It's work ethic that oppresses you. If you don't have the work ethic, then you can have whatever the fuck falls off my table. That's it. Because if I'm going to go to work, then why can't you? I'm a big believer that if they took all the housing projects and moved them to like the high desert, Coachella Valley, it would stop people from just living on free shit because they'd be like shit it's 120 degrees out there in the desert what am i going to do out there it don't matter it's free it's free it's free come on man this is where you're going to be because if you want to live in the city you're going to have to pay the cost Mm -hmm. but we've gotten to the point where our certain politicians allow us to be lazy how are you going to make somebody work if you're giving them shit Mm -hmm. if you're giving them free phones if you're giving them stimulus checks how do you create any value How do you make your dollar worth anything? You don't. You create a society of just lazy motherfuckers again. Let's go. It's easy. Mm -hmm. All I got to do is show up and do this. Yeah, man. You know? No accountability. That's it. I was telling one of my clients. He's like, man, I got this lady. She comes to my office. He's a social worker. She comes to my office. She got all this jewelry and shit. She only has to come once a month for one hour. She shows up 30 minutes late and leaves 10 minutes early. I said, that's because she knows you're a punk. (laughs) Straight out, man. He was like, what? 
I said, yeah, she knows that you're going to give her her fucking money. Next month, don't pay her. See what time she don't shows up. Don't pay her. I told her, and let her know. Going forward, if you don't show up on time and you don't leave at the time we're supposed to end, you're not getting paid. Period. He was like, what? I can't. Yeah, you can. I said, you know why you can? Because you have what she wants. And if you're not making her work for it, then you're just, you're enabling her. You're doing the same thing that everybody else that's just giving people free shit. You're hurting them. You're hurting them because you know what you're not showing them. You're not telling them, hey, be grateful and put your hands up. You're just telling them, put your hand out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. I want to help people, but shit, help yourself too. Stay big on it, you guys. Love well, yourself. And, and it, it's, the, I mean, dude, we've known this shit for fucking millenniums. Yeah. Or whatever. It's, it's, you don't teach, you don't give people the fish. You just teach them to fish. Yeah. Like, it's simple. Yep. It's, it's simple. Like, I think as humans, we like to create all these fucking big stories <laughs> so that people can fucking get it. Like, you feel like strangling people, like, fucking get yeah. it. And so we create these big stories just hoping that it hits. But, dude, it's fucking simple. Yeah. Like, teach, teach people how to fish. Don't ABC. just give them the fish. And that's it. ABC, mm-hmm. man. We'll get to the end of the alphabet, but let's, let's get this part first. Yep. It's, it's like a fade. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're going to figure it out, but... You start jumping around, it's going to take you a lot longer, it's going to throw you off, yep. and you're going to sweat your balls off because yep. you should have just stuck to what you were doing to what you at do. first. Yep. And it, it's really about putting, like, like, like really giving people the example of putting in the work. Like, one of the things that I've always told our barbers is, like, honestly, like, I don't want you here forever. Yeah. I don't. Like, I really don't. If you could fucking open your shop in six months, that's what I want. If you're going to be here for five years, like I want you to open up your shop at the end of that. You know what I mean? Or if you're going to stay with me forever, dude, like let's, let's team up so that we can see how to make sure you live your best life out of being behind someone else's chair. The goal board. Yep. Even with the barbers Mm -hmm. have a goal board with them too, because then now they feel like, Hey, he cares. Yo, when can I get both of you guys to commit to do this again? Oh, I mean, let me know. I, I got his Instagram now. It's yep. just, just be one of those things where we're just I, talking I have, about. I have it. I have no more guests for the uh, like. As soon as you can, like I want to do this again. Yeah, all right, like, I'm down. As soon as you guys are willing, and I, I'm sure it's the consideration of time. I just want to ask one question. Yeah, yeah, go cool. before we we log off. What has you do booth rent over commission? Um, just the fact that I know that the guys are employees. If you're doing commission. You're going to have to offer them the severance package. And so I was saying, just because barbers are not really trustworthy guys, if they ever decide, like, I'm going to just fuck this dude. I'm going to go. And like I said, it just takes that one person. Like, hey, bro, you know you could sue him. Mm. And so that's the only reason why I did it. And, And so, like I said, I've never worked for anybody that did commission. I've had people tell me and I just shot it down. So I've never really worked it. But I would believe that if you had the shop doing the commission, you probably have a shitload of walk-ins. You probably mm. have everything built in for the guys. And so they're not going to complain about it. They live good. Yeah. And and if I could do it, I would. You know what I mean? And so there, there's the thing where, like I'm saying, people start doing things built off of friendship instead of just being business savvy. Yeah. And so when they do it, that's where it is. But that's the only reason why I did it. Because when I looked it up, it was what? Booth renter, commission, or uh, contractor. Mm-hmm. Contractor, you got to own more than one barbershop where you can contract them different work sites. Yep. Booth renter, they they sell their own products, they do make their own schedule, they just pay the rent. 
and then the the other guys they they pay the commission but they have to be offered the insurance mm. and so that was the only reason why i said i don't want to do that man i don't i want it to be a place where guys can feel hey he cares he, he's giving me the opportunity to do what i want to do but it's it's changing that's why i said like it's gonna have to be one of those things where you're telling the guys up front communicating this is mm-hmm. what we're gonna do going forward man and so i'm only doing it because it's only gonna help you grow i i gotta say though so you're the first barbershop owner that does blueprint that i've ever heard sound like they care about walk-ins like so like i, I don't know if it's a it's a barbershop community thing or like just what people say but like from what i've heard you, there's this message that goes out that and I, i'm not saying i agree or disagree but there's a message that goes out that uh owners that do commission bring in walk-ins and there's and the owners that do booth rent well hey that's on you mm-hmm. your clients are on you so it's interesting because you're like you know your barbers are complaining about not having walk-ins but i'm like yeah they're booth, booth rent it's but they're booth renters they're run, they're running their own business and your business so like why are they even like i don't i so for me that's that, like even even me like Dude, that's I, I don't thing. expect them to get me on, on my clients. I I advertise on Facebook, Instagram, on my T shirts. I give yeah. people cards. I talk to people. I'm at the gym. Like, hey bro, that's a nice haircut, dog. Like, who's yeah. your who's your you know detail master? Mm-hmm. Dude, I seen a guy at the gym, sickest lineup I've ever seen. I was like, bro, who's your barber? And we, we <laughs> me and him just uh, showcased that at uh, at at Rigos. Oh, okay, yeah, at, 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 in Long Beach. Yeah, and he's like detail master. I was like, bro, I I, I messaged him on the spot. And there's a lot of like barber community hate, right? And yeah, I was yeah. like, hey, bro, I just see one of your haircuts. That shit is fresh. fresh. Yeah, yeah. Fresh, dude. You got to, man. Because what, what do you, if you're not liking it, you're doing what? Hating. That's it. Hating. There, there's no in between. And that's why I tell people, like, you don't have to say it. I already know what you're thinking. Because if you don't say it's dope, you're hating on it. Mm-hmm. it and, and it's the unspoken rule. You don't have to say it. If you're not telling me you like something, then. I, I made the mistake of doing that in the beginning when I try to get clients, you know? Yeah. And then I realized I was making a mistake, you know? So now I just be like, hey, that's a, that's a nice-ass haircut, bro. Like, I can see you got a barber, but um, if you need another barber, add me on Instagram. I'm Jacob, you know? I walk around, man. I talk to people. Like I said, the biggest thing is this. Your clients that really fuck with you, yeah. give them two cards. Yeah. Okay? And you tell them, hey, the next time somebody asks you where you, like, they like your haircut, give them this. Because it may be at a family barbecue. Or it may be, you know, it's not, nine times out of ten, it's not going to be just random on the street. Nobody's like, hey, man, that's a bitchin' haircut. Where'd you get? Check it out, man. But you, I think that's what barbers think. You know, it's. I think we think that customers are going to walk out and people are going to be like, hey, bro, that's a sick-ass haircut. Where'd you get that? Yeah. But you're right. It's not like that. It's mm-hmm. it's the word of mouth thing. It's it's an intimate thing because now if we're just all in one room and I'm like, damn, Dre, I like your haircut, man. Who did it? This guy did. Oh, what? Hey, man. And so those are the interactions you want. I joke with people and I tell them like, hey, do your homework on the people you refer me to. What do you mean, Gil? If you go out to eat with this guy and he grabs the receipt and he's like, all I had was nachos and three beers. Don't send him. Fuck don't, that guy. Don't send him. <laughs> I don't, don't want him. to cut his hair because I'm going to be struggling with this dude and he's going to have all the whys and I have that. Hey, man. Hey, dude. Dre, why'd you send this guy to me, man? You know I'm, I'm a nice guy. I'm going to be a jerk to this dude today just so he don't come back. You know what I'm saying? And and if you think about it, the clients pick us. We don't pick them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's, that's another thing. <laughs> I would love to, in though. The bar, yeah, in the barber yeah. industry, I think, really needs to, like, hit home with, with, with a lot of barbers. And it's like, dude, you're not doing anybody a favor. Nope. Like, you're, you're, you're not. Dre, serious question. Yeah. Are you afraid to lose clients? 
Uh, not anymore. Okay. Not anymore. Because I tell people this. Who was the first client you ever lost? Zach Lee. <laughs> Zach Lee. I, I think Ooh. I do know, actually. I think All I do right. know. Right. I think, yeah, I, yeah, I, think I, I do know. <laughs> but because there was like a little incident. Like, oh, okay. Where, okay. Like, it stood out. I don't know. This guy came in with his girlfriend, and I don't know. His girlfriend was talking to me, and somewhere along the lines, I was cutting his hair, and I guess I said something inappropriate. So he went to the shop owner. He was like, hey, bro, this dude just said this. So the shop owner was like, what the, like, why would you? And I was like, I don't even know what I said, but I, I remember. Yeah, you know, see, I, remember. I don't remember my first client I lost. I know I've lost clients. It's just one of those things. And that's my message to barbers. Like, hey, man, don't be afraid to lose a client. Yeah. I got clients that moved away. I got clients that have died. I can't keep these people here. Mm-hmm. You know, it is what it is. I've had clients tell me in my chair, like, hey, I'm not going to get a haircut with you no more because my friend owns a business. He won't promote my business unless I get a haircut with him. Hey, man, have fun, bro. Yeah. Have fun. Because those are usually the guys that are like, I'm grandfathered in, right? I get the original price. Like, hell nah, man. That's like me still trying to go to fucking Taco Bell and be like, yo, you still got 50 cent burritos? (laughs) Why? Because I've been coming here since I was 10. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? (laughs) Who gives a shit, man? (laughs) Clients just got to see it as a business. Hey, those clients are getting raises at work, too. Yeah, oh, ain't yeah. the only ones. Yeah, everybody ain't is. the only one. My dad's in the union. Dude gets a raise every. Well, he's maxed out now, but <laughs> if you're in the union, you get a raise every six months. Yeah, AC and where my first barbershop is, there's all union workers right there. From oh, the oh, Gar- uh, Bellflower. Yeah, there's there's how far are you from Gardena? Um, maybe like seven miles. That's not. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a union right there. Yep. There's, yeah, all over. But there's a lot of people in my neighborhood where I'm at. There's really big ass lots uh, across the street. Is a guy named Bob Lacoste that uh that's one of the top three bug Volkswagen builders in the world, man. So I get to see some like hundred and fifty thousand dollar thirty year old cars coming out that backyard Sheesh. sometimes. So it's pretty cool, man. It's it, it's uh it's one of those things. I would never trade it for anything. Like I love to still get up. I love the smell of a uh, the barbershop. I started writing a song about being a barber and, and it that's what it is. It's like, you know, I love being a barber. It's the smell of aftershave. Mm. It's the friendly conversations, chilling mm. with your friends. We all got a lot to say. Mm. We're not trying to punch a clock. We're just trying to pay the rent. Keep God first. Take care of my family and watch how my money is spent. Amen. Ah, Let's go. Amen. Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to have to wrap it up with that, fellas. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Thank you so much. No, thank you for having me, man. Joe, it was really a pleasure meeting you. Bro, it's a pleasure meeting I'm, you, too. I'm brother. telling you, this, yeah. as soon as you guys can commit to do this again, let's do this again. All right. I'm t- I'm, I mean, like. I'm, I'm, I gotta ask my my agent. Hey, ask away. Ask away. <laughs> hey, well, ask, ask your agent because once I get mine going, no, man, you're going man. I, I want to get down with you on that. I really like that that the idea, dude. I don't even want to say put it out there, but you call me because I would love to yep. sit down and talk with you about yep. it. That's a good yep. thing, man. Hell yeah! Yep. All right, yeah. signing off. All right, all right.